Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 105. Our guest today is actually a repeat guest, but we have a completely different topic today. So it's Danielle, who you may remember as one-fourth of Stress-Free Mickey back from episode number 25. Of course, you can read their blog over at stressfreemickey.com. But today, we're focused on Danielle's Etsy shop, which is Take Away the Plane. So it's custom Disney, some Disney-inspired hand-painted artwork, including shoes and canvases and things like that. So Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to chat with you again and talk about this topic. So... To kick things off, if you just introduce yourself and then maybe tell us one fact that our listeners wouldn't know about you from reading your social media. Hi, guys. So thank you for having me again. So I'm Danielle Brusso. I own Take Away the Plane. And a lot of people wouldn't know this about me, but I actually am also a musician. I play piano and saxophone and trombone. Man. You have all the talents that Catherine and I do not have. Yes, artistic, <laughs> like musical ability. There is none of that in this house. <laughs> That's awesome. So I guess to kind of set the stage for everything, um, what we want to know is how Disney plays a role in your life. So Disney has really always been a part of my family. So I was nine months old the first time that we ever actually went to Disneyland. And it just kind of went from there so like it was always a place for our family to really connect with each other because my parents would you know set aside money every year so that we could afford to go you know every three four years and that would be this this really awesome bonding experience because we would drive down there and you know take stops and take our time and just really enjoy the time and movies and music has always been a huge part of my life and so Disney has always been kind of that constant yeah well that's awesome I think that's something that so many people can relate to. And I know that we talked about in our last episode that it's been something that has kind of passed on to the next generation now that you and all your sisters have kiddos and, and you're running around. And, and, you know, is it next year that you guys are going to Walt Disney World? And how many people are involved in that trip? Uh, yeah. So in the spring, we're thinking of 2020, there's going to be 23 of us going, if I remember correctly. which you know is really fun so we went with 19 of us in 2016 but since then myself and alicia have had other kids and then our friend courtney who her and her husband came with us last time have actually uh two new kids since that last trip wow so i have to ask are you road tripping it or are you gonna fly (laughs) uh we're probably gonna fly though (laughs) we've kind of talked about maybe us driving because we me and my husband live actually up in terrace which is about a 17-hour drive from Vancouver area where the family all lives. So we might drive down to Vancouver and then fly out from there with the family, depending on, you know, our time-wise. Holy moly. (laughs) Yeah. So a 10-hour drive from Nashville to Orlando almost broke me. So (laughs) respect to anybody who can surpass that. Yeah, it's been interesting in the past... uh, yeah, because it's uh, 17 hours with stops and a baby. Wow. Without, we were doing it in like 15, but, you know, <laughs> not anymore. Well, I was going to say, Brendan says 10 hours, but by the time we drove through Atlanta, I swear we added at least two hours to it. Like, we kept looking at the time, 
and it would say, you know, you are two hours and 30 minutes away. I'd be like, yeah. Look at it 30 minutes later. You are two hours and 15 minutes away. And we're like, what is happening? Yeah, Yeah, that's the worst. Yes. So awesome. So of course, like I mentioned before, our topic today is specifically about your Etsy shop. So if you just want to go ahead and introduce that, what you do over there and talk about kind of how it came to be, what's the origin of it and and why you decided to, to start selling these products. Yeah. So in 2014, actually, my sisters were all like, hey, Danielle, like you should apply your art to to shoes because it's like the biggest trend right now. And I kind of, you know, was like, okay, uh, let me try it. So I only started with family first. And I must say, I'm kind of glad I only started with family because now, you know, looking back five years later and seeing my growth, I'm sure glad I didn't sell those first couple ones that I made. But um, yeah, so it was really kind of uh, just born out of my artistic ability kind of just laying there because I was done school, I was done all of my, my classes and such. And so I was just kind of, you know, doing art on the side for fun. And I'm like, hey, I can make money doing this, especially because Etsy at that point was still, you know, decently new to me. I had never really used Etsy at that point. But um, I, I just took a leap of faith and I opened up my shop and I decided on take away the plane just because, well, my other name ideas were taken, I must admit, but <laughs> but I kind of like the idea. It's like, you know, shoes, like they're just kind of like on your feet. They can be so much more. And we have seen that other shoes do come up with really interesting designs nowadays and all that. And I'm just like, but there's nothing really that speaks to me. And so I decided to kind of do this whole custom shoe thing where I really work with my clients and I figure out like, what do you want to see done? And I, I don't start putting paint to the canvas until we've really kind of solidified our idea. And like my first shoes that I did for myself were based on my on my favorite movie of Tangled and such. And so it just really kind of was what really launched me when I kind of started doing some of the little bit more well-known Disney things and kind of putting them on the Etsy. Like I started getting a couple of people who are like, oh, hey, like, what's your prices? And I had to really kind of think about that. Like, how much do you charge for your time and your ability? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, in 2016, I started working from home for a company. And that actually is when I saw my quality really improve because I, instead of, you know, working a 10 to 6 job every day, and then on Sundays and Saturdays, kind of, punching out shoes, I was able to kind of take my time and my quality kind of went up and I started realizing that, hey, this is actually a lot more fun than just doing it, like punching it out in eight hours on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's such uh, a fun story. And I like how it kind of organically came together and you decided that it was something that other people find value in. And so you're able to start putting that together. I want to make it so crystal clear for our listeners because it's hard to put it into words, and I certainly can't do it justice, but <laughs> if you can tell kind of what your shoes look like as a finished product, I mean, I guess I can say a lot of characters are involved with a lot of them, but there are landscapes and you know scenes from movies and things like that. So what can people expect out of Take Away, from, take away the Plane? Yeah, so I do a lot of like Disney-inspired shoes just because, um, you know, with with these images you have to be really careful with what you do so like at the end of the day 
my shoes do look very much like the characters, but there are little things that I'm still kind of working on to really hone in on. And again, that's really improved in the last couple of years here. And I've started really taking more time with my, my backgrounds and such. And like I'll do times when I just spend a whole day just doing the background, even if half of it's going to be covered by a character so that it really has that that fullness and like it just it feels complete. And I've been doing a lot of just solo characters where it's just a plain the plain shoe with a character on it. And those are always kind of fun. They're a little bit quicker to punch out. And they're just, um, they're really enjoyable because you can really look at different poses and kind of I like to, when I can, I, I use references. But I often will take a reference and I'll take one from this and one from that and kind of make my own kind of pose if I can just to really make them unique because I really want to make sure that I don't just give everybody the standard dust like this is mass produced I try to make sure that I really do something kind of different to that shoe every time Mm -hmm. yeah and I love that and that's something that I think too you kind of mentioned a minute ago but all of your shoes are custom made so there's probably a lot that goes into that design process and especially you know with the interaction between you and your customers like what does all of that look like yeah so when somebody approaches me and is looking for you know a quote of a shoe i normally start by okay so what's your favorite characters and or what's your favorite scene and i if they have like a specific one in mind like for the beauty and the beast pair that i did a couple months back they really loved the scene where Belle puts her head head on Beast's chest when they're dancing. And so she sent me that specific image. And then the other shoe was a little bit more open to interpretation because she wanted to have Maurice because it reminded her of her father. And so I kind of gather these pieces from them. And if it's not something that's a specific uh, like image, like a picture screenshot, then I usually make a sketch up of it. And oftentimes that's in the part where we kind of tweak it's like oh instead of this character down there can we do this one or can we you know highlight this part because that's more important to me and so I make a sketch and I send it back to them and there's usually a couple days of back and forth to make sure that I kind of got it right and then I can kind of have a really accurate representation of how much it's going to take for uh, that design Mm -hmm. and we either go forward with it or we don't yeah how many rough drafts I guess on average, do you think you have to make for each pair of shoes? Um, usually because I'm using pencil, I'm able to kind of erase and do it. So the most I've ever had to do was three redos. And that was actually for the, the bridal party. We had kind of had one design in mind, but when it actually went from paper to shoe, we kind of made a couple tweaks and it ended up kind of going through three different stages. Hmm. I'm so interested and you mentioned that like like one of the customers that Maurice was important to them because it reminded them of their father. How kind of cool is that to hear these people's different Disney stories and kind of what characters and, and stories jump out to them and are relevant to them? It's my favorite part of it because you never know who's going to speak to somebody, right? Because everybody is coming at everything from their own perspectives and experiences and to hear those little bits just really kind of make my heart happy because it's not just like, oh, go wild, because it's kind of like having a direction really helps to make the shoe that personalized, beautiful thing that I love to do. 
And so having somebody be like, well, this character, you know, meant a lot to me in this time of my life or this person reminds me of my, you know, my friend, my father. It's just it's really a great way to get to know my clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I I know that like each one has to be unique, but I know it was a while ago, but you put up some videos of a scene from Peter Pan. So it has Peter and I guess that's Michael, right? Yes. It's been yeah. so... <laughs> I, it's my favorite movie, but it's been forever. And Wendy, of course, is there. Um, but, like, I just want those. Like, that's the perfect scene <laughs> from Peter Pan that captures everything that I like about that movie. Oh, yeah. Well, like, for that kind of thing, because I've done a couple that are, are similar, I would just kind of choose a little bit different of a screen grab to kind of give them a bit... Like, I would change up their, their pose a little bit, you know... And maybe like add a bit more to the background because again I, I I'm growing every time I do these so like for those I had I had a lot of time to kind of work on the background which I loved working on Big Ben and such but like there was a whole kind of scene off in the corner and like the buildings and like trees that I totally could have added if I had wanted to and so just I do little things to just tweak it or like choose a different. Um, image of Tinkerbell to kind of make her her different, right? Like I I try to just not do the exact same every time. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna say I feel like that definitely speaks to just you being an artist because I feel like it would probably be easier just to do the same thing over and over <laughs> and over again and just you know I mean just pump out the same designs and just put them on your Etsy store and just see what happens. But I feel like you know obviously customer service and having that connection with your customers is important but I also feel like you know that gives you a, a bigger um oh gosh what am I trying to say a bigger you know like outlet for your creativity not doing the same thing over and over and over yeah again. well and then too it can make sure that like it's going to be the right size it's going to be exactly what people want and it gets really boring to do the same characters. Like for a while there, when Frozen was really big, I kept getting these requests for Anna and Elsa and I love them. But like, like people kept being like, oh, I wanted exactly like those ones. And so I had to try to find ways to kind of change it up that little bit for myself or else I was going to go a little stir crazy. Yeah, I bet. So I know probably each one is different, but what would you say is your target turnaround time for most of them from the initial consultation all the way through delivery? How long does that process normally take? So normally because I actually have a partnership with one of the stores in my community here, I'm able to kind of get my shoes within a couple days, like it depending on, you know, the, the hours of the store. And then um, that's happened once I've been in contact with them for a couple days. And then depending on the design, it can be anywhere from one day of painting to a week. So right now we're at what, like 10 days and then shipping is usually four days for Canada. And if I'm shipping into the United States, it can take a couple extra weeks just depending on customs. I had one pair that got lost in customs for a little while. And that was that was a little stressful. It was um, if you looked on my Instagram, I did these stained glass Beauty and the Beast shoes. And those ones took me two weeks to complete because of the intricacy of the design. And um, one of the, she had ordered two shoes and one got finished earlier and I had dumbly sent them off separately because I thought, hey, that would just make more sense, right? I don't do that anymore because <laughs> the Beauty and the Beast shoes got stuck in transit and I um, 
uh, my tracking number stopped working because I always get insurance and tracking. And I was like, oh my word, these shoes that took me two weeks to paint. And this was my last pair that I was painting before I um, went on my maternity leave because I was expecting my child within the, the next couple of weeks there. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. But usually on average, I'm able to get shoes out to people within two weeks from start to finish. That is incredibly impressive so impressive i would not have expected that at all to be completely honest no. yeah and it's Except not for the larger orders like the nine shoe order did take me a, a bit more than a month yeah i'd say that's pretty understandable though yeah, <laughs> yeah. rightfully so yeah yeah well that's awesome so i one other thing and i know that you and i had talked about this a while ago off air talking about how to place value on your time. And it's something Catherine and I admittedly are horrible at. Like we we have such a hard time admitting that our time is valuable and whenever we're helping someone or doing a service for someone, then you know sometimes we need to be compensated for that. Can you talk about kind of your journey through that of setting your prices and, and kind of realizing where's that sweet spot where you're being compensated fairly but you're still providing a good value to your customers. Yeah, so I've actually um, had a couple of times where I've really just looked at my time and all that, and I'm like, I am not getting paid enough for this. Because when I first started, I think I was paying myself, I think it was 2 or $3 per hour I spent on the shoes because I was still starting out and I really didn't want to, to charge over than that. And then when I kind of started being able to put a lot more time into it in 2016, when it kind of became a bit more than just the hobby, I had raised my prices again. But when I looked back, I was only making like $6 per hour spent. And, you know, some of the shoes with the intricacy of the designs were taking me, you know, several weeks to complete. And so recently after actually doing this party of nine, I just was realizing I'm like, I am not being fair to myself in this time because of the, the stress. And it's like, I enjoy doing it. So there was always that struggle in me of like, well, should I be charging for something I enjoy? But then um, it's also kind of right now become my job. And so I've had to really look at that and think about my family and like the fact that my husband has a job and I am at home with our daughter. And so I just went through another kind of price adjustment because I had asked my friends on Facebook and I'm like, what, just give me a ballpark. What is the, the maximum you would ever pay for a pair of custom shoes? And it shocked me to hear like even my people that my friends who, you know, are not from the city or not like into that kind of thing, the highest price that they were saying that they would spend was more than I was charging for my most intricate pair of shoes that I had ever done. And that really raised a flag for me. I'm like, okay, like, I'm not asking too much. I'm not, you know, expecting something unreasonable, especially when they've seen the quality, they've seen the work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I had to really kind of get over that hump of my own brain trying to tell me that it's not worth that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that so many people struggle with. And, and like I said at the beginning of this, it's something that Catherine and I are horrible at. And I think it's just part of one of those things. Like if you're a humble person and, and you don't, you know, want to be that person who crosses that line that whenever they click on your shop, they're like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> that you want to be in that happy spot. 
but it is so important to realize that your time is so valuable and what you're offering is completely unique and someone is paying for those services and, and they, and you deserve the other side of that fairly. Yeah. And what kind of helped was I started really going on Instagram and kind of looking at other people's work and following them and kind of looking to their page. One of the people I just, I have to plug her because she's amazing is the enchanted brush on Instagram. She does the most amazing shoes I think I have ever seen. And this is coming from somebody that paints as well. So it, she really has inspired me too, because like it, she inspired me to be better at my painting. She's inspired me to just really, you know, make this into something. And like, I was seeing her prices and personally, like they're not kind of what I would feel comfortable charging because I don't feel like my quality is where hers is yet. But I just, it really kind of showed, it's like, wow, people are buying this. So there is still a market for it, which kind of helped me to really get here mm -hmm. too. Yeah, and I think that's great, you know, looking at the market, seeing what other people are doing. But like you said, even just reaching out to friends or other people in the community, I know that's something that we do a lot whenever we're thinking about, you know, making a change or starting something new or just trying something different. I mean, especially I feel like within the Disney community, there are so many people who are willing to give you like good constructive feedback and like really share their opinions you know you don't have to be nervous or like oh are they just telling me what I want to hear um yeah and I think that's so important totally the Disney community especially via Instagram and such is just so supportive of each other which is one of the things I love mm -hmm. yeah well this has been such a fun chat but we have one last question before we head into our fast pass round I want to know, do you have one design that you've made that is your absolute favorite or like your pride and joy? Mm -hmm. And when you do go to Walt Disney World or Disneyland for the next time, how many pairs of shoes are you going to take with you? Um, I think my absolute favorite design is still the one of the Rapunzel uh, lantern scene, but it's the one where it's all very simplistic and like you don't see the characters in a lot of detail. And it's just like the water and the castle and all that. Like it's just my absolute favorite and when we go well should i include the fact that i'm painting one for all of my siblings again because it's probably <laughs> going to be about 15 of us wearing my shoes oh my goodness. and then i usually take um i'll probably take three of my own design is there a sister discount or do you make them pay full price <laughs> uh actually i usually give them as gifts like so i usually go in with, uh, and that's like christmas gift so because christmas is pretty much right before our trip like you know a couple months mm -hmm. that'll probably be my here's your christmas gift oh that's sweet yeah and your daughter is going to be styling she's at so school spoiled, yes <laughs> yeah she'll be two coming up and i'm i'm already kind of trying to figure out what i'm gonna do for hers because actually we had a friend who for uh my baby shower they actually painted a, a small little tiny pair of toms for her but Sadly, now they're way too small and they're just in a shadow box. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. This has been so constructive, and I know our listeners have enjoyed hearing this as well. I think there's so many good lessons to be learned there. Before we head into our Fast Pass round, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our partners. In the chaos of Instagram and Pinterest, it is sometimes hard to get noticed by a new audience. Having the right picture from the parks to accompany your content or product can be the difference maker in gaining that extra bit of exposure. 
Our friends at the Photo Reserve have a wonderful solution where you can gain access to high-quality professional Disney photos to use for that extra boost. To learn more information and get six completely free photos, head to reportthemagic.com forward slash detour or hit the link in our show notes. Perfect. So we are back. We are ready to go through the Fast Pass round. I think last time you did this, formerly known as the lightning round <laughs> questions have changed a little bit and i guess you told us off here you've changed some of your answers as well yeah well like you know some of the music ones have changed based off of what i've been listening to and you know realizing like a different quote that i i yeah you'll you'll hear <laughs> <laughs> that's good there's some evolution yeah absolutely yeah. so the first one's an easy one just name the disney parks that you visited so I've been to Disneyland, California Adventure, and the four parks in Walt Disney World of Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios. We're trying to change this next question a little bit because I feel like your favorite park is maybe a difficult one to answer. But if you only had one day to spend in one park, which one would you choose? It would have to be just my classic California Disneyland. Mm. Why is that? It's our home park, right? It's where I feel the most like most comfortable and just it feels like Disney to me. I love that. And I I guess Brendan's more of the like the news kind of person like keeping up with everything. I'm amazed with how much stuff is coming to like Disneyland and just California since it's a smaller area with like the Marvel and what else were you telling me about yesterday? Uh, I can't remember now that you're asking. But they're, I mean, they're constantly working on it. I was just so impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, they really make the most of their land area that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty landlocked, so they got to be creative <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah. So next one is your Disney bucket list trip. I really, really need to try Disney Paris and Disney Shanghai. And also, I have been falling in love with the Hawaiian resort, and I'm going to butcher this. The Aulani? You got that it. how you pronounce it? Yeah. Okay. I just, like, that for me is, like, the ultimate bucket list. Because the last time I was in Hawaii was for my honeymoon, and I was unfortunately sick for 90% of it. Oh, no. So I would just really love a redeeming moment. And how better to do that than to go to the Disney resort? Yes. I agree. We we spent a week there. I probably could have spent three and not gotten bored. <laughs> yes. Just everything. About, I mean, it's just your perfect little spot, you know? Yeah, imagine <laughs> the most beautiful place in the world and then add Mickey Mouse to it. And that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Well, exactly. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> yeah. And Mickey bars. And there. Mickey bars. Yes. That's all you need, really. So the next one, what is your favorite Disney resort? So when we were there, we stayed at the All-Star Music, which was really fun. But my my dream would be to stay in the Art of Animation just as an artist. That really speaks to me. Mm-hmm. That is, did you guys explore that one at all when you were down there? We unfortunately really didn't explore the other resorts when we were down there in 2016 because we were still really new to everything there. So I think this next trip, we're going to kind of branch out a little bit more. Yeah, that... We found ourselves there a couple of times just to like take pictures and see all the huge characters larger than life. Yeah, we took Louie there to yeah, take we, pictures. Yeah, we took our dog there to take pictures. <laughs> but the other thing, Art of Animation's food court is 
so underrated. It is very good. Yep. Yeah. So I think I think you would enjoy your time there. Would you pick what are the three different rooms? Cars, Little Mermaid, and Lion, Lion King. King. Did any of those Honestly Little Mermaid is my jam out of those three. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So next one, switching to rides and attractions. If you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? It would probably be Space Mountain. That's just one of those rides to me that's just so fun and it's like like something not ah, like nothing you've really ever get to experience anywhere else so i haven't tried any of the new rides at uh in disney and and walt disney world yet so just Mm. saying that (laughs) so i've got to know disneyland or walt disney world version of space mountain which is which is your favorite disneyland version all the way Man. You should have known the, that, Brendan. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> well, since All you... of our shared rides, I must say, the uh, California ones just took the cake for me. I'm trying to think if there's any... I mean, besides Space Mountain, are there any others that we prefer the Walt Disney World version? Uh... I like Splash more in Disneyland. I like... Yeah, I like Big Thunder more. We liked Small World more. Yeah, you maybe might, that's the you only might one. be onto something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of this isn't one of our fast pass questions, but I feel like it it relates. When you're going to Disney World for your next trip, which ride do you think you're the most excited for? The ones that you haven't rode yet. I'm thinking the Slinky Dog Dash, just because I love I love roller coasters like that. I want to say the Pandora, the um, Flight of Passage, but I tend to get a little bit motion sick with that style of ride, so I want to do it, but I'm also afraid that it's going to completely ruin my day. How do you do on Soren? I I used to be fine until I got pregnant, and now ever since then, this is now, you know, three years later, I cannot do those rides. Like, Soaring made me want to throw up, oh, and it wow. used to be my favorite ride. Man, I was going to say, if you could just sort of... that's bad news. <laughs> no, like, it used to be my favorite ride. and it, Having a child, man. <laughs> well, we'll stick with Slinky Dog, because that's A+. Plus. Yeah. Um, yes. What do you What do you get the feeling, is your daughter going to enjoy rides like that, or do you think she'll be nervous about them? Oh, I think she's going to love them. My husband likes to toss her around. He... Uh, was a gymnastics coach when he was younger and so he's really been trying to get her used to being thrown around and like we took her on the the teacups when we were in Disneyland in September and she was just having a blast and and she was only 13 months old at the time oh that's awesome we have to take Ellie on that yeah it's approved we should share our story about the the lady behind us in the (laughs) have we shared it on the podcast yet I don't think so I don't think we have so we have this theory. We don't have kids yet, of course, <laughs> but we're taking our niece in October for the first time. And so we're like scouting out all the tips and like what to do. And yeah, so we really want her to like rides. She'll only be 18 months at the time, so there's not much she can do. But going forward, we've always said like everybody who's with us in the party has to be so calm and like really cool and excited about it. Like if you show panic, the kid is going to show panic. Like, if you're constantly going, are you going to be okay? They're going to start freaking out. So, Oh, totally. They feed off of you. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our premise. We're sitting in Star Tours. There's a little boy behind us. It's not going freaking well. Freaking out. <laughs> it's not going well at all. 
the mom is using the tactic of promising ice cream. Which worked for me as a kid. Good approach. Respect that approach. However, grandma chimes in. Better when we sit down, so we're strapped in, there's no escape. I mean, they're literally sitting in the middle of the row. No escape. Continue. <laughs> grandma says, better put your glasses on or your eyes will burn out. Oh, dear. Panic. <laughs> Panic ensues. Game over. It was just game over. Yeah. So not recommended. That is not no. the method I would recommend. No, there's preparing your child and then there's scarring your child. Yeah. Oh, it was it was terrible. I hope he got ice cream. <laughs> I look, well, when he was walking off, he was like, "Do I get ice cream now?" Yeah, oh. that was the only salvaging thing from that ride. So I wanted to turn around and just be like, "How about hey, put your glasses on? It makes it so much more fun." Like that is what like why would you yeah. think that burning your eyes out is a good a better approach? Yep. Bless that poor grandma. She I don't know what she's thinking, but sticking with rides. <laughs> <laughs> Which ride do you think is due for either an exit or a refurbishment from the parks? Honestly, the the regular standard Haunted Mansion to me just makes no sense for the parks. However, if it was the holiday Haunted Mansion all year, I would be so down because making it into Nightmare Before Christmas just really made that ride so much better i'm still like dreaming about that ride i know we actually we didn't we watch something the other day and they showed haunted mansion it was a tim tracker video and you're like man if only it was haunted mansion holiday yeah, i mean it's <laughs> if it was haunted mansion holiday all year round, like i would go on it all the time yeah it would be like an e-ticket attraction i feel like if if oh totally that. yeah at least the regular the... one just is like I don't even go on the regular one anymore. I'm like I don't see a point. Mm. Luckily, I mean not luckily. Sadly, we <laughs> don't have that problem in Walt Disney World <laughs> since we We wish we did. Yeah, we wish we had that issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, next one would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack. I have really recently started loving the churros at Disney. I didn't used to have them as a child. When we were there, and my husband and I finally had one on our first trip there in 2017, and I've, I'm just like, why have I never done this? <laughs> so now I have to get a churro every time. Was that your answer last time, or did that one change? No, that one changed. Well, I think I said Dole Whip last time, ooh. which okay. is also a classic, which, you know, you, you can't go wrong with a Dole Whip. So do you like getting like the festive churros or are you just a plain like, thus a far, churro? Thus far I've only gotten the plain, but I really want to try some of the different ones. Like um some of the people that I follow on Instagram, they kind of post their the festive ones and I'm like, now that one sounds good. That one doesn't sound worth my calories. <laughs> <laughs> we liked the Oreo one, of course, and like the s'mores one. Mm-hmm. But they do have some, they, I will say, Disneyland is very adventurous when it comes to, I feel like, just flavors. I feel like they get more options, and someone could probably argue that that's not true. But I feel like when we were over there, everything seemed very, I don't know, just, like, fun. Yeah, <laughs> but then you guys in, in the Walt well, Disney World side have the different flavors of Dole Whip, which we do not have. Mm. Oh. Oh, okay. See, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. 
So next one would be your favorite table service and favorite quick service restaurants. So we tried the Be Our Guest when we were there in 2016. And oh my word, I just could not get over how much it felt like you were just immersed in the movie. And so that was my favorite. And the food was good. And I really enjoyed like the different themes of the rooms. And it was just fabulous. And then for quick service, uh, the Rancho del Zocalo is my absolute go-to every time I'm in Disney. You you said that last time, I feel like. Yeah, I, I did. That one That one never changes. I have to get my Rancho del Zocalo when I go to Disneyland. I'm so sad that we didn't go there. I know. For whatever I, reason, I think we just snacked too much. Yeah. That's a hard thing to really balance. <laughs> But I've never been to be our guest. Someone's never taken me. Oh, my word. <laughs> You've been. I so have, now it's your honor been. to host me <laughs> to a night at be, at be Our Guest. Will do. Duly noted. <laughs> so the next one, um, kind of moving on to favorites. What is your favorite character meet and greet moment? When we were there in September with our daughter, we did the princess meet and greet, like the the walkthrough, and Cinderella was just so above and beyond. She started playing hide and seek with my daughter and like just really getting her attention where the others didn't really interact with my daughter as much. And so we got this perfect photo of like me and Cinderella with my daughter in between us and she's just looking up lovingly at Cinderella's face. Oh. And that was just the best. That does sound like a good one. Mm-hmm. I love it. When, and it's so fun, like, listening to everybody's answers when you ask that question because they always have, like, a really fun moment like that, and it's always a different character. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I love that. Like, last time I think it was – or the one that stands out, like, it was Spider-Man. You wouldn't think that from Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah he's pretty awesome. My, my sister loved her meet and greets with him with their sons. Yeah. Again, we can't have that in Walt Disney World. (laughs) So next one would be your favorite Disney movie. For me, it's always been a tie between Tangled for kind of the newer ones and then Beauty and the Beast as my classic. Those are the two that I always go between. So I'm surprised you didn't say your bucket list trip would be Tokyo with their Tangled area coming in the next couple years. Well, now that's added to my list. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on the on the playing field yet. Yeah. No, not so yet. Why. Yeah. So, it's, well, it's like Tangled and is Utopia going there or Shanghai? I don't know. And I feel like once upon a time you told me something about Frozen. It's Frozen and Peter Pan as well. Oh, see. Sign me up for that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And Zootopia is going somewhere, but I can't remember if it's Shanghai or or Tokyo. I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> so the next one would be your favorite Disney song. I've been really enjoying the um, one from the Mary Poppins Returns called Where the Lost Things Go. I just love how Emily Blunt sings it, and I loved it before I even saw the movie. So that's what I was going to say. We're bad Disney fans. We still haven't seen that movie. Like, <laughs> you can take our Disney fan cards away if we need to. But <laughs> it shows up on a lot of Disney playlists that I listen to, and it is... An excellent song. I listened to it last night, actually. Yeah, it's just, it's very beautiful. And like, I love the message of it. And it just, it's one that you can just really enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
Well, man, I'm out of the loop. I, I don't know anything about Mary Poppins Returns. You were watching The Bachelorette. Oh. That's how you were spending <laughs> your night. And I was listening to Emily Blunt. It's very important. <laughs> I especially like the Emily Blunt's version more so than like after the Academy Awards, they had, oh, what's her name now? Sing, uh, she, they sang it live because it was up for nomination. And um, she was the voice of the dog and Oliver and Company. Oh, you lost me. Yeah. <laughs> There's no hope over here. <laughs> um, she was in Parental Guidance. Oh, Bette Midler. Bette Midler oh. sang it at the Academy Awards. And it was good, but it wasn't as good as Emily Blunt's version, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it just makes you appreciate her more. Totally. So, so go ahead, Catherine. Your question. My question. So the next one is your favorite Disney quote. This one's changed from the last time because I just rewatched um, Meet the Robinsons. And at the very end, it says uh, Walt Disney's quote. Around here, however, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors and doing new things because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. Woo. Yeah. It just, I, I don't know why that one has never really stuck with me, but I'm like, that one's such a great message. And it came from rewatching Meet the Robinsons. See that's the that's the key. You got to rewatch those hit those underrated ones. I was gonna say that is a I feel like a very underrated movie or one that people just don't hear about very often or talk about very often. But that's a really good message to throw in there. Yeah, well, because throughout it, like um, the character, the one father keeps saying like he, his motto is "keep moving forward," right? And, but then it gives the entire quote at the very end, and it just it's a really great message. It is one of those that I feel like you could do a whole episode on this of like movies that Walt would be proud of after he was gone. I feel like Meet the Robinsons mm-hmm. would be on there. I agree. I could see that. And then you could also do a list of ones that he would be ashamed of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's probably a few of those. The Good Dinosaur. I'm just going to throw oh it out there. Oh my goodness. So our last question is of the Fast Pass round, is your favorite Disney Parks memory? Uh, so before I had mentioned, like, um, in our interview for Stress-Free Mickey, the fact that we would, you know, bring Dyson and play games while, like, the rides had broken down and such, and we were waiting in line. But then I was realizing, too, that my my favorite was actually getting to show my Disney to my husband when we went in 2017 because – he had gone with us to, to Walt Disney World in th- 2016, but because it was so new to all of us, we'd really not had like the most experience out of it that I think that we could have, because that was his first Disney ever. And then in 2017, we did a baby moon to Disneyland, and I got to really show him, like, this is why I love it so much. And it kind of really made him understand me a little bit better. And it made him be like, yeah, like, this is something I, I want to continue doing and I want to introduce to our children and I want to be a part of. And that was really awesome for me. I feel like, like us as Walt Disney World is our home park. Like, we have pretty strong feelings about it being our home park. But I feel like Disneyland people are, like, through and through. <laughs> Disneyland is the beholder of all the best memories and I just like envy that just a little bit. 
<laughs> yeah, well, and like my husband didn't love the Disney bubble that we were in in Walt Disney World because he's like, I've never been to Florida before. I want to kind of experience that. Whereas in California, since you're really surrounded by not Disney when you're there, like you can kind of do a little bit more and experience some of California while also getting that Disney fix. So for him, that's what made it um, more enjoyable. That's a really interesting point because I guess I've never thought about it like that. You know, for people who do go just to Disney World for the first time ever, like there is no other Florida influence anywhere. So that's funny that I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was really like because after 2016 when we went, my husband was kind of like, yeah, you know, it was great. It was fun, but I don't see why you guys love it so much. But then after going in 2017 with him to Disneyland, he finally understood. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. That is a great memory. Mm-hmm. So awesome. So Danielle, our very last question for you is if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to be, jump into this community, either as a content creator or maybe create their own products, or maybe create their own artwork, just like you, what would be your advice to that person? Just to have confidence in yourself because you know, the worst that can happen is, you know, somebody like you don't get followers or you don't ha- get sales. But it's like, but by putting yourself out there, it's like, it's that leap of faith that just kind of can validate your your creativity, validate your 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 love, and it can really connect you. Like, I really wasn't part of the Disney community up until a few months ago after the stress-free Mickey thing has really blown up because... You know, I, I'm not very good at my social media. So it's just like finding ways to connect to the community of people that you're in. So it's like connecting in the Disney community, connecting in the artist community. I started following different artists and it's just it like having that confidence in yourself and your ability is really the biggest thing. I can honestly say I don't think we've ever heard that before. And that no. is an excellent answer. And I think it is so valuable and, and something that you can continually work on. I can like... 100% it's something that Catherine and I have had to had to grow with and and realize that that we are doing something that's at least decent that we're putting <laughs> out there um and it, and it does show through so much yeah yeah 100% well awesome well Danielle this has been so fun chatting again I'm glad we could put this together one last thing if you could remind our listeners where they can connect with you online yeah, so uh, my takeaway the plane is my username for both Instagram and also on Etsy. That's my shop name, and uh, take away take away the plane at gmail.com is my email address that I use for keeping track of people and and clients. And I think that's pretty. Oh, and I'm on Facebook. I have a page on Facebook, though Instagram is a bit more um, updated. Gotcha. Perfect. So we <laughs> yeah. will put the links to all of those in our show notes below if you guys want to pop over there check out some of that amazing artwork by danielle so thank you so much for joining us we have had such a blast chatting with you today thank you again for having me do you like star wars how about marvel how about disney if you answered yes to any of these we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast kingdom malcast we're just three guys chatting about news topics and events in the disney universe Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. 
Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.